I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. everyone um i hope you all survived the day that is called valentine's day and that you all had a great time um after our little rant last show but um you know a lot has happened between then and now so i i guess we should probably just jump right into it um and to tell a lot of the the details in all of this because um you know richie and i can't ever really tell anything just by ourselves we we always kind of uh have to have the other person to fill in all the little details we forget is my wonderful and amazing co-host richie suave flores how you doing hello Corey. we are recording on wednesday night a little late because we were watching the serena williams and naomi osaka semifinal at the australian open and two absolute queens I may say, if I may say so myself, of the sport and uh, of female athletes in general. Naomi won in straight sets, and I'm watching her interview right now, and she is adorable, and she's funny, and she's such a great tennis player, and she's going to go toe-to-toe with Serena for, like, the greatest of all time by the time her career is over. So congratulations to Naomi Osaka. The match was only two sets, but it was still pretty fun to watch, and... uh, I hope everybody was able to tune in. I feel like it was a pretty highly rated match, but I'm not a big tennis guy, neither are you. But uh, when you get to see the greatest of all time and the next up and comer in the sport go head to head against each other, it's pretty great. I think it's kind of that way in basically any sport. Anytime you have someone who's like a legend in their own right in their sport and then you have the the person that's supposedly going to take over that mantle it's always really interesting to watch because um you know it it's basically like a a new generation coming in and a passing of the torch i think a lot of people assumed that's what this um most recent super bowl was going to be that it was going to be um tom brady passing on the torch but um, in all reality, it wasn't. It was him saying, psych, I'm not going anywhere. You motherfuckers are going to have to deal with me for a few more years. So it wasn't. I think that's why some people got all like bitter after it was because um, they were expecting him to just like pass on the torch. Um, but sometimes I feel like it's really hard in certain sports. And, and I'm going to say this. I feel like it will be very hard for anyone to really beat um, Brady's record. Like, Mahomes is good, but I don't know if he'll ever be that good. You have to have a little bit of luck to get that far. Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, it's just like, you know, LeBron James or, you know, Michael Jordan, right? I mean, Michael Jordan was 6-0 and in the NBA Finals, but LeBron James has made it to like 10 and won four of them. So he's like 4-6 and six or something like that. But uh, so you're right. It's like it's hard to put pressure 
on young players like a Patrick Mahomes or Naomi Osaka, but they have a big shoes to fill. But uh, I feel like if anybody's going to do it, Naomi, Naomi Osaka is the one to do it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and she's only like, how, how old is Naomi? She's only 22 years old. Like she's got a long way to go. And uh, I'm excited to watch her career because I feel like a match like Wednesday night was like a passing on the torch type match. Right. And I have a feeling we're going to see them competing, uh, compete against each other again very soon. What happened to, um, maybe, I don't know. I don't know how that whole thing works about age and stuff. But um, isn't there someone that's that's my name, but she goes by Coco, right? Oh yeah, Coco Goff. Yeah, she she had that big breakout again at the uh, U.S. Open a couple years ago, and uh, she's still playing. And um, I don't know if she was playing in here in, in the Aussie Open because of the COVID restrictions or. Okay, yeah, she she did. She's still playing, but she got knocked out early. She's still young, so but I. I feel like she's like the uh, kind of American equivalent to that. Like she'll she'll get it together. She's the next big American player probably. Because like you have Naomi Osaka who's Japanese, and then you have Bianca Andreescu who's Canadian, and then you're gonna have Coco Goff who is still she's only sixteen. She's sixteen. She's sixteen. Still? Yeah. She was Props to Cat from the couch chiming in and with the facts on the pod. That's wild. So yeah. she's she. Only 16. She has a massive career ahead of her. If she was playing in uh, in a championship match, basically, at it's such a young age. The youngest player ranked in the top 100 by the women's tennis. Yeah, there you go. So those three together, after Serena retires, are are that's the future of the sport right there. It's it's that'd be pretty fun for women's tennis. I I'm, may have to start getting into tennis. I mean, the, it's a big sport at my work, and so I'm not sure why I haven't. We've had, like, a bunch of watch parties and all these things. I think part of it is I have a really hard time figuring out their scoring. When I first had hmm. to, like, one of the events that we do is literally, like, the biggest, um, like, amateur a tournament in the southwest and i like you know i'll do social media for it during it and i have had people try to explain it to me i i think like three times now and i'm still like wait what how does that make any sense so i feel like i need to sit down and and, and watch it to try and figure out how any of that works but i guess i guess it's like anything else though any sport, you always have to find the little nuances in it and figure it out. It's not like, you know, people overnight know, you know, what icing is and so on and so forth. I mean, you play pickleball, which is kind of similar, right? That is true. I did I did find a um, new drive to actually try to play tennis. Um, again, at my work, we have a thing called try tennis today where you can actually learn how to play tennis. I just never have, but, um, I, I have had a new drive to learn how to play tennis from that because of the fact that I do enjoy pickleball, like quite a bit. My parents decided to take it up, um, during quarantine times. And, uh, so we did it with them, but it's, it to me is like a giant ping pong. 
basically if you were to just blow ping pong up yeah i've never played it i kind of know what it is vaguely maybe i'll play it someday maybe i won't i don't know but yeah i think so maybe that's that should be your thing maybe you can become a professional pickleball player and then you can go to the olympics which i actually looked this up recently because you were talking about it on the montreal podcast the other day and it's not an yes, Olympic sport yet. I was yet. playing pickleball. It's not an Olympic sport yet because it's not, it doesn't have, it's not played in enough countries that recognize it as a sport in order to even get on the map of the IOC yet. So it's got to be played in like a certain amount of countries around the world in order to qualify. And because of that, it's not able, but it's getting there. It's growing. So like the idea being that maybe just maybe it might be eligible for like the 2028 Olympics. The, the, it's kind of interesting because I think it started somewhere else. If I were, if I recall, I don't think it started here in the U.S. I'm going to have to look this up, but um, I don't think uh, we started pickleball. I think someone else did. Like, I think it was a place that really likes tennis maybe maybe australia it was no it was started in washington what mm -hmm. i was completely wrong my bad bainbridge island washington for for saying that 1965 it took us this long around to like come into it actually being a thing yeah, move over, baseball. You're not America's pastime anymore or America's sport or football. It's pickleball now. Yeah, it um it's crazy how much at least before all of this um before all of this like hits, um my as I said, my my day job has uh tennis highly involved in it and um they were talking about putting in pickleball courts because of the fact that there is such a uh, rise in people playing pickleball that are either like close to retirement age. So like 55 and up, um, like basically if you if you can like be a part of AARP, that section and then millennials. Those were the two sec sections of like age demographics that were um, getting real hyped on uh, pickleball before all this, and so it's it's growing really fast. I don't know which will um, which will take off faster, but I just feel like it's on the same level as like watching tournaments of cornhole. <laughs> Yeah, I could see that. Fun fact, the national championships of pickleball, the U.S. Pickleball National Championships, were held in Arizona from 2009 until 2017. What? Yeah, and it, it's like, it's... Where? It's. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where. Um, it doesn't say here on the Wikipedia page. But in, in the Wikipedia page, it also says that 
It grew from the Pacific Northwest into warmer areas as snowbirds from the area migrated south to Arizona, California, Hawaii, and Florida. <laughs> Damn right. That sounds about right. I mean, think about how many things that we migrate down here because people want to come down here during like, and I think that's a, it's, it, and we'll actually talk about this a little bit later, but that's why I always think too, it's kind of funny when people are like, oh, well, hockey has nothing to has no place in Arizona. Well, then all the Canadians, the Minnesotans, and all that shit that come from that north area up there that play hockey, they bring it all down here. How many people that are from Canada hang out in Arizona during snowbird time? It is so many. You will not see like as many, um, canadian license plates as you do during the winter time here and they're just straight up like a lot of people that are that way and they all decide to for some reason live near desert ridge desert ridge when it's not covid times um during the like winter months has gotten progressively worse because all of them seem to want to move down and make their second home their like summer home or it's not summer home sorry that's what we do uh their winter home in desert ridge it's getting like overran with snowbirds (laughs) that sounds about right um yeah i'm trying to to see here so it looked like it was held in uh it's in sun city (laughs) shocker (laughs) that sounds about right there so, is a large retirement. That's the first time I heard of it, actually, was when we moved my grandma into um, into a house that was in a community that was all older people. And um, they had shuffleboard and pickleball. And that was the first time I had heard of pickleball. In 2017, the national championships aired on cbs sports network so like there's a national audience there of people that watch it (laughs) i told you it's it's stock is rising Mm -hmm. yeah that's so funny that's amazing i love it it was an actual like that those facts were an actual business document at my work was like the the demographic uh the rising in certain demographics and pickleball it's it's the weirdest shit i never thought i'd be talking about this i never thought i'd be going and playing pickleball it's literally like at like a public park near my house it's starting to take over though uh listen to this podcast in like the next five years it'll be the the new craze (laughs) there you go and the sporty nation was at the beginning of it if they need if you need commentators like when it becomes like on a national tour and people are looking for commentators, they should call us up. Me and you should do the commentary for it. I feel like Richie, you would. So the very front part of it, like you're not allowed to cross the very front line. That's um, that's closest to the net. There's like a little section in there and that section is called the kitchen. So you're only allowed to go in, in the kitchen if um, the ball has bounced in there and you have to go into the kitchen to get it um 
I feel like you would have so much fun with that. Like doing play by play and calling that the kitchen and making like different kitchen um, sayings and stuff like that. I feel like you would have so much fun with it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. There, if you there'd can't... Be, yeah. There'll be, oh, she needs to get up in her kitchen. You know? Or, uh, you know, especially in Arizona, if you can't stand the heat, stay out of the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I just learned about that right now. So, yeah, I need I need to read up on the sport so that way I can become the play by play voice. And Corey, you can be my color commentator. And it would be incredible. Absolutely, it would be incredible. Okay, so we have our sporty questions. Hashtag sporty questions. Question of the day here, which I literally just started. Never done it before. Decided to do it before tonight's episode because I was like, why not? It just so happened that after I got home uh, today, I was uh, I was eating dinner and I, I was like, all right, well, what do I do before the tennis match starts? So I was like, all right, well, I'll just pop on the Hulu and see what's on. I was like, all right, oh, look, Pitch Perfect 3 is on. So I t- turned on Pitch Perfect 3 and that led me to our question of the night, which is, what is a movie that if it's on, you'll immediately stop and watch it? And I think the one that most people think of, albeit I don't think as much anymore, is Shawshank Redemption. That it used to be that way for me. If it like that was the movie that if it was on, I would stop and watch it because I love Shawshank Redemption. It's uh, it's it's a terrific movie if you haven't seen it. Although it's been out for like thirty years by now, so that led me to the question. And never seen it. We already have some responses. It's great. It's great. We should movie night it. I think it's worth a movie night because I, it it's good. It's a little long, but it's great. It's got Morgan Freeman in it. Um, very famous for the line, get busy living or get busy dying. That came from that, among other things. And uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Re- very rewatchable movie, but I digress. What would be your pick for the movie that if it's on, you'll immediately stop and watch it? I'm trying to think. I mean, there's quite a few of them. Everyone kind of knows what my like favorite movies are. And so any of those, um, any Die Hard movie, um, any uh, Pitch Perfect movie. Um, I think Scotty has tweeted out multiple times now in distress about how many times I've made him watch a Pitch Perfect movie. Um, Austin Powers movies. Uh, Transformers. Bad Boys any of the bad boys ones so like any of those type of ones and then um uh for some reason jumanji like the second jumanji i've i see it on and i always end up watching it and um if there's one that i recently like every time it was on i watched it was captain marvel that's a great pick that's a great pick yeah it was, so Every single time. I don't know why. I just got drawn in every single time. I watched it two days in a row. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because we were both watching it complete at the same time without really even realizing, weren't we? Yeah, like one day I even did like a full-blown workout. I watched it while doing a full-blown like strength workout. And like, yeah, it was weird. I just two days in a row just wanted to watch it. I, I only watched the second half. The first day so then the second day i was like oh i'm just gonna watch the entire thing and yeah we were watching it at the same time 
Just like every single time a Pitch Perfect movie is on, I end up watching it because I can't help myself. And Richie's the same way. And we will both be watching it and we will be texting each other about it at the same time. We'll be like, of course, I should have known you were watching this. <laughs> Completely unplanned every time, too. But it happens happens every time. So that is like... what That's the, my response to the question. Was the Pitch, Pitch Perfect movies recently... Those are the ones I, I will tune in and watch every time they're on because they're on a lot for some reason, a lot more recently. And then in addition to that, uh, Ricky Bobby is one of those movies too. Doesn't matter oh, where. I love that movie. Doesn't matter where it is in the movie. I've seen that movie so many damn times, but every time it's on, I will watch it. It's 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 well worth it for what it doesn't matter what scene it is. I will sit down and I will watch the rest of it. Uh, obviously Shawshank is one of them and I'm trying to think of some other movies that like I will make sure to watch oh. go ahead oh uh, what was I going to say uh, Talladega Nights it, it has the same vein as Dodgeball like those two no matter where you watch them you will just start busting out like laughing no matter where you start those movies yeah, Dodgeball is a good one too, which I haven't seen in a while. But yes, that's another great one. Um, so yeah, so those are my two like most recently uh, that I can think of in terms of is, of the. Go ahead. Is there a movie that you you will only watch if it's at certain if it's if it's gotten to a certain point? Like I will watch. Like I love the movie Top Gun. I have a lot of Air Force family. I know it's a Navy movie, but like, so, um, you know, any of that type of stuff, like when I was a kid, we, we watched all of that type of stuff all the time. And so I will always watch Top Gun. However, if I know it is close to when Goose dies or it's just after Goose dies, I refuse to watch it. Do you have a movie that you will like, you'll only watch it if it's at certain parts of the movie? That's a great question. I'm not not off the top of my head that I I can think of. Um, the closest thing I can think of is like some of the Harry Potter movies. But even then, like I, that's my other addition too. Is anytime there's a Harry Potter marathon on, it's on like absolutely because it's so like you just watch anytime. So yeah, but I can't think of something where a a movie where if it's on. And I know it's at a certain point I won't watch it. Like if it's a rewatchable movie, I don't care what point it is, I will watch it. Okay, here's one that actually I I I can't handle, but and it might be one for you. When Endgame, when it gets to the point, like I will watch him be like, "I am Iron Man" and snap, but then that's it. No moss. Okay, so I've only seen... I've only watched in-game like twice. And I don't know if it's airing on TV yet. So I haven't come across that. I'd imagine, though, it's one of uh, it's one of those things that I would tune it in no matter where it's at in the movie. Same thing with Infinity War 2. Like, it's... Same thing with any of the Marvel movies, actually. Like, it doesn't matter where they are... I'll, I'll, I'll watch. 
even if it's a death scene, like even if it's Dobby dying in Harry Potter, or if it's Iron Man dying in Endgame, I'll I'll, I'll still tune in. Yeah, no, it, it is airing because every single time it was on TV, Sky wanted to try and like turn it on, but it, it, every single time it ends up being like towards the end um, where he does I Am Iron Man and then I make him change it because I'm not going to watch him die. I watched that movie it, when it came out. It was basically like within like a couple days or whatever of Scotty and I's anniversary. So, um, we were supposed to go for like an anniversary dinner after that. I'm not kidding you. I sat in the parking lot of of, of like the nice place we we're going to dinner and just bawled crying. And he's like, Corey, you have to stop. And I'm like, I can't. I can't stop. And so I looked terrible and I was like literally hysterically crying in my car. So I can't live it again. I don't blame you. I actually heard a... a- I was actually talking to Kat about this the other day and I forgot about this, but Tom Holland, who is a very notoriously um, loose lipped when it comes to movies that he's in, where they, mm-hmm. they told him that, that he didn't know that when they filmed the funeral scene, that it was a funeral. He thought it was a wedding. That is horrible one that they have to tell you like a lie just uh and two like everyone was wearing black weren't they yeah who wears all black to a wedding that's one of the things that you're like you're not supposed to wear okay unless it's a black and white wedding you're not supposed to wear all black and you're not supposed to wear all white because the bride is supposed to be the only one all white and all black means death not a wedding (laughs) that's i i agree i agree but they had to figure out a way to pull the wool over tom holland's eyes and he's been doing some press recently for a a different movie and he was asked about the new spider-man movie and i'm surprised he hasn't spoiled the thing already but he was asked about toby Maguire and andrew garfield who everybody is like 99 sure he's gonna show up in the new movie and he was like nope I haven't seen him and he was, he basically denied it. And I would hazard to guess that if there was any lead actor from a movie that had no idea about such a massive ass cameo, it would be Tom Holland. They're too afraid to tell him that the two previous Spider-Men are showing up in his movie. What is what is with the whole Spider-Man role? Like they had that whole issue with Andrew Garfield and that's why he stopped being Spider-Man. And then now Tom Holland can't keep his mouth shut when he's going on pressers. I don't know, but there's some really great YouTube videos that I've fallen down the rabbit hole of before of Tom Holland on press junkets where he's with normally it's like benedict cumberbatch and benedict cumberbatch is having to shut tom holland up from saying something that's a spoiler they won't let tom holland do press by himself he always has to have a buddy that's there to like shut him up before he says something stupid 
speaking of movies that I can watch over and over and over again, it's because I I thought about this because I just watched it. Venom. I watched Venom over and over and over and over again. It was actually a very good movie. Um, but um, what had Ant Man? What I was watching Ant Man the other day, and it led to um. Oh my gosh! You said Benedict Cumberbatch, and it. Why can't I think of it now? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Um, that is that is a very good movie that I hadn't watched in a long time. That uh, that I'm sad that I hadn't watched in a long time because that one was really good when it came on the other day. Speaking of Benedict Cumberbatch, he's also an extraordinary Sherlock Holmes, and as a Sherlock Holmes fan, um, and I watch all of the Sherlock Holmes stuff, like whether it's TV, movie, whatever. Um, he is my favorite as Sherlock Holmes. Oh, Two absolutely. completely random side notes, but yeah, yeah, I love I love Sherlock the there. the BBC PBS version of the show with him and Martin Freeman, terrific. I agree. Before we move on, I need to mention the people who have replied to our tweet here with some other options for our movie that yes. you'll watch if it's on. Uh, Eric Simonis from uh, Vegas Podcast um, tweeted us a GIF from what appears to be the Ocean's movies. Oh, I didn't even look at it. I saw that he mm-hmm. had tweeted um, a GIF, and then I couldn't. Um, I gotta, I gotta get to my Twitter here. While you're doing that, um, we also had Chris with Jaws, which is great. I love Jaws. And then we also had Tom Jaws Franklin with with Clerks, I believe, is what that's from. Yeah, that is definitely one of the Ocean's movies, um, which you've still only watched the the first one, Ocean's Eleven, right? That's correct. I know although, that one because I, wa- I forced you to watch at yes. least Ocean's Eleven. Yes, although Ocean's Eight is now on HBO now, and I've been wanting to watch that too. I actually haven't seen that one yet. Part of it was because someone had told me that it was not a good movie, and I got very concerned. They said it was boring, and so I got all anxious because I do that when people tell me series that I really like of movies. When they do one, that sucks. I have said before, I the newest Die Hard movie, I have not watched it because I was told it sucked. And I will never watch it because I will pretend like it doesn't exist. I'm do I was kind of doing the same thing with that one. And then someone else was like, oh no, they're completely wrong. It's actually a really good movie. You need to watch it. It may have been Cat, actually, that said it may have been good. Um, so I, I do need to watch it now. So maybe that's gonna be one of our movie nights. I would not be opposed to that. All right, we must tell Katarina that is what is next. <laughs> I will forward the message. Thank you. Now, um, I think that was all of the, the comments, correct? Yeah. All right, so I guess, you know, 31 minutes in, we should probably start talking a little bit about hockey and some stuff that has uh, been going on as of recent. Um, 
you know, we, we've stalled long enough. Um, we're mostly gonna, I think, stick to the facts on uh, this episode of kind of what has come out and what has um, kind of been said in that regard. And then, um, and then I kind of wanted to make uh, a little bit of a commentary on some of the ways that it was um, being one of the ways that it was being taken on Twitter. Um, but uh, do you have do you happen to have the uh, article pulled up, Richie? Yeah, I have a, a good synopsis of it. It's if you haven't read it, you need to go read it. It's really really long, but it is really really well reported from Katie Strang of the Athletic. She talked to more than fifty people associated with the Coyotes, including current and former employees uh, with the organization, and they all describe. Uh, or a lot of people of them describe it as a toxic work environment under Alex Marillo. Some of the allegations inside of this piece include um, uh, uh, there's a, a sexual harassment, there's potential financial irregularities, uh, workplace culture. Um, there's the the nugget in there about their private plane company that they use has never been paid over the course of the past year. Um, there's instances of Alex Marillo berating people in meetings. Um, and then you have really the, one of the things that closes out the entire piece and the piece of reporting from Katie Strang is where she talks about getting, basically getting bullied by general manager, Bill Armstrong and, and talks about a call that she received from Bill Armstrong talking about her reporting and there's a lot more in this piece here. Uh, it's It goes very, very in-depth about uh, everything inside the Coyotes. And really the, the, nugget, the nugget quote from the piece is um, from Katie Schrang is this. Quote, if I was talking to a future employee... I'd say it's been a learning experience, one employee told Strang. If I was being frank with you, I'd say it's a shit show. So, very, very in-depth piece here, a lot to take in. Uh, we could spend three hours getting into every single detail here. Um, the one thing we, we need to mention, of course, Corey, is the Coyotes' response to this entire piece. I won't read the whole thing but it's, it's wild to say the least. Um, very much in line with this statement that they put out after John Chica left the franchise. And this is essentially saying here at the end of the, end of the, end of the piece here um, that as we will be exploring all of our legal options in response to the athletic, we will not have any further comments. So it appears that they are uh, – parading around the idea of some le some legal action there that says here that the athletic has completely disregarded the commitment Mr. Marillo has made to the position, the Coyotes as well as respected community leader as a recognized benefactor of youth hockey and as a champion of diversity. Mr. Marillo has demonstrated a 40-year track record of success in multiple industries and at business enterprise. It's a long statement, but um, yeah, if you haven't read it, go read it. It's in-depth. It's uh, it's a little shocking to say the least, um, and uh, and that yeah that's it. Uh yeah, so the one thing with this with the the article itself, 
I thought it was a little bit strange um, was the fact that she kept on kind of coming back to uh, the whole Mitchell Miller situation. Um, and like she, she, if there was any, like any issue I had with, with the article in itself, um, it would probably be the fact that she kind of used that as a crutch throughout it. It was like, she would report on something and then she would come back to it. And then she would report on something and she would come back to it. Um, and, and it made it a little bit unorganized to read. Um, and, and it may just be as a, and you know, a journalism student graduate, like that, it, it bothered me from that aspect. Um, but it, it is a very lengthy article and, you know, uh, it has a lot of, a lot of detail and talked to a lot of different people in there. Um, the press release was very similar, as you said, to um, the Chaika one. It, um, uh, the press releases that have come out off of these things are do have a little bit more of a different feel now that uh, Morello has um, has been in charge. They they they're a little bit more um, guarded, I guess, um, than previous press releases so i guess do with that what you will but um yeah it's it's interesting because when things like this come out and, and i will i i will say that the first thing i kind of thought is um of the whole islanders situation you know where everyone was kind of like uh, where there was um they didn't properly vet someone and 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 so if if all of this was deemed to be true and and whatnot um it seemed like people knew about this beforehand so how did Batman not vet that is is all i'm gonna say on that but um I think the thing that always kind of gets to me is that everyone's first reaction to everything is simply that, um, well, then the team should move. And that I always think is really dumb in the fact that, so say, say it's all true, right? And there's, there's a larger problem in there. Well, if that is the case, that's the same thing like saying like, oh, well, you have a problem with your marriage, right? If you move to a different state, that's not going to solve the problem that's within your marriage. You're probably still going to get a divorce. You'll just get a divorce in a different state. And that's um, that's one thing that I felt was really dumb. But one of the things that actually prompted me to, um, to quote tweet um, our, our dear friend Kat um who had been asked the question of whether um hockey is viable in the states and she was and she was telling this person you know not to be rude um but don't ask me a dumb question like that basically and it's it and the person kind of got mad about it because they thought that she was like attacking them but I don't think people really realize that it's never you, it's the question because of the fact that the question in itself is just so disrespectful to this wonderful hockey community that everyone has created here in Arizona. They, 
I can't even begin to tell you how far um, this state has come and how many people have put their blood, sweat, and tears into making hockey a viable sport um, in this state. And we have made some leaps and bounds. And um, they, in, in all honesty, this is probably the best that Arizona hockey has been in a very long time. And to look at um, what is going on with an NHL team at the moment and, and any possible issues they may or may not be having um, and deem that as all of the hockey culture here in Arizona, I, I just feel is so highly disrespectful. And it's from people who don't understand what is going on here and how the culture is here. I mean, um, it, it's a big part of, of who I am. It, it's honestly how I met my boyfriend and that's, and it's how I met Richie and it's how I met Kat. A lot of my life is because of this great community that we have here that, that is the hockey community and how they are some of the most amazing people you will meet and some of the most passionate people for the sport. So to, act like the um the sport of hockey is not viable here it's just stupid and i i just feel like it has no place i agree and the unfortunate thing is that i just don't foresee it going away anytime soon because it's been happening for a decade anytime something like that's been happening for a decade it's not going away uh and uh, that's part of the reason why a lot of these stories get a lot of run as they do is that it's just kind of like when for a while there, the Suns were the whipping boy of a lot of national sports media. They were the easy thing to make fun of because they were so poorly run for so long with Robert Sarver. Um, it's just going to take time to dig out of and uh, it's not going away and that's unfortunate. But the best thing the Coyotes can do is focus on the ice like they have done in the past and continue to win like they did it against St. Louis. And they have a chance to do that again here as they continue their homestand, um, taking on the, the Kings and, and the Ducks and the, and a couple and the, and the Colorado Avalanche. So um, that's kind of what they have to focus on right now. And that's the good thing here is that this story dropped in the middle of the season, I guess. So we're able to quickly refocus our efforts and our, our focus back on the ice instead of taking an entire off season where this is the big story instead of something else. So, but I agree with you. Yeah. It's just, it's unfortunate that that's kind of the, the narrative there, but you know, the way, the way you change that is you start winning. And we've said that for a while here on this show. Yeah. And I also just think it, it's, it's great when you hear that community speak out in those senses too. And the fact that, um, I, I think everyone overlooks them and thinks that, you know, even within our own our own network, um, people have sometimes given us crap saying that we're like more sensitive to things. It's not necessarily that we're more sensitive. We, we just are tired of the shit like, you know, uh, the, the Arizona hockey community is a hockey community just like anything else. And um, everyone still has the same passion for the sport. And it's just it's. I don't know. I, I don't know what particularly it will need, what will need to happen for it to change, considering the fact that, you know, 
a Scottsdale born and raised boy is uh, basically lifting up the Maple Leafs right now. So, and that is all that Canadians are focusing on right now, apparently, is um, their teams playing each other. So they're watching him night night in and night out. And why they aren't thinking about the fact that, you know, he's he was born and raised here in Arizona. He is a product of the hockey community here. So um, I don't know what it's going to take. I, I will say I am uh, salty about it. There are Richie can attest to you there. It, it takes um, a fair amount to actually get me like full blown, like salty. And, and that, that gets me very salty every time. I do not blame you at all. Cause it gets tired. The same narrative after a while. <laughs> that's kind of, that's it. Although it was a very damning article. Like, like I said, you know, the narrative at some point kind of runs tired, but like I said, the best way the Coyotes can move on from this is by by winning, and they have a chance to do that here as we we kind of move on to wrap up the show and our hockey talk here on this this episode here. We didn't we don't have any new games to talk about here, so but we do have the upcoming schedule, which is going to include L.A. for two games, L.A. Uh, tonight on Thursday, and then on Saturday. Anaheim for two games, Monday, Wednesday next week, and then of course the Colorado Colorado Avalanche to uh, on on the tail end of there. So my question to you is going to be the same question I asked you in the St. Louis series as we headed into that road trip, which is what type of points percentage do you want to see from the Coyotes against in this stretch of LA, Anaheim, Colorado, and Minnesota. Okay, so two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, I'll I'll go game by game. I would like a win against the Kings, another win against the Kings. So two four. Um, against Anaheim as well, six, eight. Um, I'd like them to pull out one of the two against Colorado. So <laughs> two, four, six, eight, 12. Um, and then the Kings 14 and then one of the Minnesota games. So 16. That's 16 out of a possible what? Eight twenty? Eighteen? I'm terrible yes. at math. Eighteen. Uh, I think it's wait, wait. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Wait, wait, did I say how many games did I say it was? Ten games? If it's ten games, it's two points a game, then it's twenty. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen. No, it, no, okay. So it's nine games then, because it's it's eighteen. Okay, so you said Six, you said 16 out of 18 points? Is that what you said? No, I said I said 14 out of 18 okay. points. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Too many fucking Math numbers. Math is not Jesus our strong Christ. suit, y'all. This is why we were journalism majors. Because yeah. math yeah. is not our strong suit. 
That's a very, very high standard to live up to. But, but with the way they played against St. Louis, it's very, very doable, especially because Colorado and Minnesota have been off for so often. Like, they're still getting in the stretch of things. Minnesota actually lost to L.A. Uh, last night, 4 to nothing. So Minnesota is still getting back um, from the COVID protocol, Colorado. So I would say what I want to see from this team is – they did their job against St. Louis. They got nine out of 14 points. Okay. I was expecting them to do more around a, a 500 record, right? A 500 points percentage against those good teams, just break even against those, those good teams and then feast on the bad teams in your division. And so I'm looking at, that's, that's at, what I was saying. So I, yeah, exactly. I'm kind of along the same lines as you. So I want to see something like a 70% points percentage in these games. So I want to see them in against LA and Anaheim in these next four games. That's eight points available. You got to get at least six points out of those games, right? You're going to be asked to take on John Gibson again for two games in a row, which is going to be a tough task, but they proved they can beat John Gibson. So His take six out cooled of, a little though. Yeah. Yeah. Take six out of eight in those first four games split against Colorado, which is a, and then, um, and then in those two games on the fifth and sixth of March against Minnesota, I like to see take three out of four. So if you're at like 70% points percentage coming out of co- going into that big long road trip that starts on March 8th against the Colorado Avalanche, I feel like you're in a good position there. And that's the name of the game in, in the rest of the season is break even against those top teams, crush it against those bottom three teams and then outpoint Minnesota and you get yourself into that four seed in the Western division. And that's all you need to do. So those Minnesota games are the big wild card. I think in the, at the end of the day, and I think we talked about that before the season too. Um, if they can't contend with Minnesota, like they did last year, they're going to have a tough time making the playoffs because again, they have to play them eight times this year. That's 16 points. And we know how close the NHL playoff race can be. And so if you fuck up against Minnesota, it's going to be really tough to make the playoffs unless you just like get like 85% points percentage against your Anaheims, your Kings and your San Jose Sharks. So yeah, it's going to be a, I'm so fascinated to see how the Coyotes react coming out of that seven game series against St. Louis, especially coming up against a team that they haven't played yet this season. And you know, it's it's a chance for them to kind of reset their season in a way, right? Where and prove that they were the the same team that played St. Louis. And I'm hoping there's not a letdown here. We've seen it before from this team where they come out of these the super super high of playing so well for seven straight games, and then they have a fucking letdown, especially against the Kings. We don't have to bring up that game against the Kings from that the 2018-2019 season where they fucked up at home and lost when they were in a playoff race against Colorado. So. Um, it's going to be, it's, the season continues to be absolutely fascinating. And, uh, we, it's seemingly like the Coyotes might get Nicholas Stromlson back for, uh, this, this coming weekend. So that would be an important, important piece to the Coyotes roster. And, um, and yeah, it should make for some interesting hockey to say the least. Yeah, I don't ever like you bringing up that game against the Kings that they completely blew. I I hate running. I actually went running after that game. I was so mad. So I don't want to think back to that game again. Um, 
I think they might be actually a little bit rejuvenated um, being able to actually play a different team. They were getting really tired of playing the Blues, so it'll be I th- I'm hoping at least a rejuvenated Coyotes playing a new team. It'll be something different and kind of like fun for them in that way. Um, I am trying so hard right now to not make a joke about the fact that you said that the games against Minnesota are the wild card. I did say that, didn't I? You I did. did. I was I like, ah, the wild wink wink card. It wasn't even intentional, I swear. There's a dad joke somewhere in there. Yeah, exactly. So we normally uh, end up the show with some random shit, but we talked about random shit for the first 25 plus minutes of this show. So I will save what is a really terrific story about uh, about what women find attractive. We'll save that for Monday's show. Brand new study. Found it on the New York Post. We'll talk about that on Monday's show. I can't wait to, t- to hit, hit on that story. But uh, any last words before we say night-night? I can only imagine what that is about ever since we did the um, uh, dick size according to staying with partners and what their occupations were and all that shit. Um, I can only imagine what this one is about. All right. Well, uh, until next time. Oh, wait, we have more responses. Ooh, baby. Let's go. Okay. Before we go, I have more responses to our question that we posed at the beginning of the show. Uh, Tawny, again, another vote for clerks. Um, Another uh, somebody else that goes by the handle of looks like Moynihan Angelic says a league of their own or pitch perfect. Yes. To Pitch Perfect. And yes, to League of Their Own, too. I actually quite like that movie. There's no crying in baseball. Uh, Ross uh, included a gift from a movie that stars Ray Liotta. I don't know what movie it is. I don't recognize it. Uh, We have Dylan, who says uh, Slapshot. And then we have Heidi, who has included a gift of a movie that I have not seen. I do not recognize either. There's a guy with some red hair who says it's called a Lance. Hello. So there you go. Thanks for including movies. I have no fucking clue what the gifts are from. So thank you, Sporty Nation. That's a, I'm trying to figure out the the last one as well. Oh Gosh, why are we having people just post these as gifts? I know. I didn't intend to do that. Cause like the re- because like the I posted the Pitch Perfect gift like you gift you know what fucking movie that's from. Same thing with some oh, of the other ones. Oh, it's from A Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale is a good movie. It's funny. Oh, okay. Never seen it. <laughs> well, you just gotta you just gotta Google the um uh the the line from oh, it. Oh yeah, such genius. That's genius. But yeah, you, you can, even after you listen to the show, Sporting Nation, the question is still up. So please keep responding to our, our poll question about. The other one is good, fellas. Thank you. Thank you. I thought it was that, but wasn't 100% You're sure. I've never seen that movie because I don't really like gangster movies like that. So 
I heard it's good though, but I digress. Okay. That's going to do it for this edition of the, of sporty with Corey and Richie. We will talk to you again on the Monday show. Enjoy the games this weekend. Hopefully the Coyotes win and beat LA hashtag beat LA until Monday. Good night and good hockey, everybody. Always.